0: Welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast. It's your boy Ari here, and I'm with my guy Kyle today. And we're going to be talking about some breaking news in the world of NBA. And we're also going to be going over some of our season and award predictions. So Kyle, my guy, have you heard about this breaking news?
1: So the situation basically that's going on with Jerry West is last year after they signed Kawhi Leonard, um, there's a, a person who's claiming to be a friend of Kawhi. And I mean, obviously, I don't know anything. I don't know, I have any sources or whatever, but his name is Johnny Wilkes. He alleges that um, Jerry West and the Clip- or the Clippers owe him two point five million dollars because he gave he gave the team and Jerry West um, apparently essential information that helped them land Kawhi Leonard. And it, there was a, a voicemail that was left that was alleged to be Jerry West in the voicemail. And in that voicemail, he said that uh, I find it hard to believe that he would want to go to that shit show. Um, over there, meaning the Lakers, and he wouldn't even get his name on the paper playing for the Lakers, and he wouldn't be the face of the franchise so it's it's um a lot of stuff going on the The clippers have come out and said that uh, these allegations are hundred percent false, and the nBA are the nBA is doing their due diligence on the matter, so I just want to know what what do you think about this whole situation, particularly with jerry West
0: um, well, I'm pretty sure this was before uh, Anthony Davis came to the team. And one thing that I do know about Anthony Davis coming to the team, it's probably as much of a inside job or whatever you want to call it, tampering, as much as the Kawhi to the Clippers was. So, I mean, obviously tampering is not allowed, but I feel like majority of the teams in the NBA do that. I just feel like Kawhi was not slick or whatever the situation was. I just feel like a lot of teams do it. I mean, there's been so many super teams that were formed. For example, Kyrie and KD. I mean, they were talking to each other. They got a super team. I guess you can call it a super team formed in Brooklyn. You got uh, Draymond. Apparently, he was crying in a parking lot to get KD to join his team. So, I mean, I don't see why it's such a big deal. But, I mean, it's definitely possible. I just don't know why it's so blown out of proportion. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. uh, Especially with your point about tampering. I'm pretty sure it's fairly common, fairly common practice around the NBA. Um, You got to remember that when Kemba Walker signed with the Celtics. the details that he was going to sign with them were leaked out before the um, the uh, I don't know what the word is the deadline you could say is or when the opening of free agency was and obviously KD and Kyrie people were talking about them talking at the All Star game and they were making a lot of assumptions about that and they ended up playing signing together in Brooklyn um, about the Jerry West situation I, I just really hope that nothing, nothing that the team did nothing that Jerry West did that could implicate the team cost them like draft picks and such, because the team doesn't really have any draft picks to speak of. But I mean, if you go down like six or seven, eight years down the line, and they could strip those draft picks, that wouldn't be good. Because I mean, if you break the rules, you have to suffer the consequences. That being said, I do have a couple things I want to say about Jerry. It's like Jerry West is one of the greatest executives of all time. But come on, Jerry, you can't leave a paper trail like that. But uh, in terms of his comments about the Lakers being a shit show, um, at the time they were, um, he wasn't wrong about that. Uh, the Lakers, like, not, not, obviously not this year now. They're, they won the championship, and they're, and Rob Plank has done a pretty good job this offseason of surrounding the Lake, um, surrounding his two stars, Anthony Davis and LeBron, with great talent. Um, but at the time, in that summer, Matty Johnson went on live TV. He won on first take, and basically threw everybody, everybody under the bus. Um, called out Rob Polinka. He said he didn't have the strength to face Jeannie Boss and tell her that he was resigning from his position. Even in LeBron's first year, um, when he signed there, they brought in like Jabelle McGee, Lance Stephenson, Michael Beasley, and the team around them was just a bunch of guys who were looking like they were going to be out of the league and a bunch of role players around LeBron. Um, is it really surprising that he said that? Do you expect him to be like, oh, the Lakers are a great organization, uh, you should go play for them instead of us play for the Clippers, Kawhi. No, I mean, all GMs talk down about opposing franchises that have a chance to sign the player they're interested in. It's not That's not really good news, in my opinion. Um, and it's, it's just weird that a lot of Lakers fans I've seen on Twitter have been hating on Jerry West. It's like, this guy's a top five Laker of all time. He's directly responsible for swinging at least six championships their way. Um, he won a championship as a player playing for the Lakers, made multiple finals. He was a he was a part in trading for Kobe Bryant on draft night. And then he helped get Shaq from Orlando to come to the Lakers. So that's five championships right there. And that's just that's just his resume when he worked for the Lakers. That's not his resume outside of that. Um he helped get Kevin Durant to go to Golden State, which is two championships, could have been a third if they didn't, if Kevin Durant didn't get hurt. Um, he helped build the Memphis Grizzlies in the early 2010s into a, a great team and a perennial threat in the Western Conference. It's and Jerry West wanted to go work for the Lakers before they selected Magic Johnson to do that job. Um, Magic, he uh, has a he was not a great head coach, and this was his first real time working as an executive in the front office, and he didn't really have any he didn't have any um, credentials or any experience in that role. And Jerry West, as I just mentioned, with all the, with all the things that he's been a part of, the signings, the trades, uh, he is very experienced, and he has a lot of, he has a lot of, exp- and he has a great resume to show for it. So it's just it's crazy to me that a lot of Lakers fans are showing him hey, You shouldn't be doing that. He doesn't work for your team. He works for the Clippers, and he's doing his job. You know, it's it's crazy to me. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you put it that way, it definitely shows that he does, you know, have like a, a trail of good, like, things that were going for him as a what, – what was his position, executive? Yeah, he's
1: like a consultant for the Clippers right now.
0: Yeah, he definitely had a good going there. But, I mean, I didn't really know about the all the stuff he did for the Lakers. That's pretty amazing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. In terms of that, yeah, of course he's been great. I can't really blame him for anything. I mean – I would try to do the most I can to get somebody like Kawhi on my team as well. And the whole, it's not even just Kawhi or sorry, Jerry West. It's about Kawhi and his, what his uncle wanted to, cause I know his uncle was his agent. And I mean, from the, some of the reports I've been hearing, he's been wanting some, so many illegal stuff. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, like he wanted like planes and private jets and sponsorships and endorsements and all that type of stuff. But that's technically like illegal or you're not allowed to do that in contract negotiations.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I agree. I, if, if the Clippers did anything like that to break those kind of rules, I mean they—it's you're breaking the rules. You have to suffer the consequences. I would hope that's not the case, and they just whatever Kawhi is being paid on his contract is all he's getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I just think it's it's crazy that Jerry West is getting a lot of slander when he did was doing his job. But no, I agree. If if Uncle Dennis and Kawhi are pulling the strings like that, I mean that kind of makes me kind of mad at Kawhi. But that's a that's a topic for another
0: day yeah for sure (laughs) honestly man this whole situation is just like I feel like this situation happens everywhere and that's why I'm not really too worried about it worst case scenario they'll probably lose like a second round pick or something like that yeah like the Bucks
1: just did today right
0: yeah yeah they just lost that second round pick for that whole bugged on trade or whatever but, yeah, honestly, I feel like that's the worst thing that's gonna happen. It's not like, oh, they're gonna be like, "Oh, Kawhi, you can't play for the Clippers anymore or yeah. anything crazy like that. So I mean, yeah, other than that, I don't really see too much relevancy of this topic. I feel like people will forget about it within a couple of weeks. The NBA will do their investigating, and then at the yeah, end it's of the still day, it's
1: still a developing situation. So we haven't seen the uh, we haven't seen the conclusion of it yet see what the NBA decides. But until then, you know, we can only we can only really speculate for the most part.
0: So that's my prediction that whatever is gonna to happen to Jerry West and the Clippers is just that they're gonna lose a second round pick. Worst case scenario. Speaking of predictions, man, we've got MVP predictions, we've got MIP predictions, defensive play of the year, and a bunch more coming up. Which one do you want to do first, Kyle? Why
1: don't why don't we start start low and then build up. Let's start with rookie of the year. Who do you think is going to run away? But not even run away. Who do you think is going to win that award?
0: I think it's going to be pretty close. Um, both my players that I have on my list. And oh, technically you're only supposed to have one, but I have two and they're both guards. So it really depends on the situation. And it's kind of hard to tell what their roles will be going into the this season. But I've narrowed it down between Cole Anthony and Killian Hayes. What about you?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you on Killian Hayes. Um, I think I'm kind of high on him. I think he'll be a very, at the the very least, a solid rotational guard. Um, I have it being either between him and James Wiseman. Um, My reasoning for that is I think in the last two years in particular, the Rookie of the Year award has gone to guys who have been on, last last four years actually, um, has gone to players who have been on like playoff teams or playoff caliber teams. Malcolm Brogdon, Ben Simmons made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure the, the, the Bucks made the playoffs of the year he won rookie of the year. Uh, Luka Doncic, they were close to making the playoffs. John Moran, they made it to the play-in tournament. They would have made it. I, I think they would have made it if they didn't have some injuries. Um, so, but then again, a lot of these players, they're not going to be on good teams. So that's, that's one of the reasons I think James Wiseman could win it. Um, I think the Warriors um, all, if they can stay healthy and they play, like a, they play an up tempo game. I think they can make the playoffs. I think they'll be like somewhere from like five to seven, give or take. Um, that being said, I don't think the Pistons are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be one of the the t- uh, bottom like three or four teams in the league. But that being said, I think Killian Hayes is going to get a lot of opportunity. I'm pretty sure it's been said that Killian Hayes is already going to be the starting point guard. Yeah, yeah and that Derek Rose is going to be playing more of a mentorship role for him. So he's definitely going to have a lot of opportunity right out of the gate. So it's between those two for me, I just
0: really can't nail down one. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, the reason why I really like Cole Anthony is, like, I feel like he got – he kind of fell off, but that was because of the team he was on in college. Like, it didn't really suit him. He was the main ball handler. He had to pretty yeah. much do everything, right? So, coming into the Magic, he has more people, players surrounding him, more opportunity – like, he doesn't have as much opportunities to be the main ball handler. but The thing is, the reason why I have to go with Hayes over Cole Anthony is just because of the situation. Cole Anthony's got Markel Fultz on their team and it doesn't look like the Magic have given up on him and Just looking at the last few preseason preseason games, honestly, Markel Fultz hasn't been that bad. I saw that he had a few three-pointers in one of the games. So it's going to be hard for Anthony to get that starting job. So. That's why I think Killian Hayes is personally going to be the rookie of the year, um, just because, like you said, he has tons of potential and – sorry, not potential. Tons of uh, opportunities to play on a bad team and kind of just work his way through, you know what I mean?
1: No, you're definitely right. And Cole Anthony is a solid pick as well. He fell a little bit in the draft because he was a little inefficient in college, but that was mostly – that was more so because of the team that surrounded him. Um, in uh, This has been a problem for the Magic for, like, the past couple years is that they have always had – kind of iffy guard depth, like their depth chart this year is going to be Markel Folds, Cole Anthony, Mike Carter-Williams, and then they have their fourth and fifth string guards. So he's, out of all those guys, he is definitely going to be, I'd say, the number one prospect. That probably doesn't, I don't know if he's going to start right away over Markel, even though, and Markel is still relatively young as well. Um, that jumper still a problem for him, but uh, he's easily, I'd say, would be looked at as like their number one prospect. So that's a definitely a good choice as well.
0: Mm, thank you. Thank you. Uh, at least we agree on something. Yo. All right. What you think about six men?
1: Six men of the year, my opinion, I think is going to go to Norman Powell.
0: Yo, uh, no way. That's who I had to
1: really. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like last, last year, Norman Powell, um, he went under the radar, but he was awesome last year. Um, uh, let me just give you one second. Norman Powell last year, he averaged 16 points per game. Um, almost 4 rebounds and almost 2 assists. He did that on 5.3 three-point attempts per game shooting basically 40% 39.9% for three and his true shooting percentage was his true shooting percentage was 62.4%, which is amazing. Um he um, he started in 26 of 52 games last year, but that was more so because the Raptors dealt with a lot of injuries last year. So I think this year that their starting lineup will probably be Kyle Lowry, uh, Fred VanVleet, OGN and OB, Pascal Siakam and Aaron Baines, um, they don't have, a, they have a lot of unproven guys on their bench, so I would look for Noah Powell to have a great season this coming year, and I think he'll definitely, he has a really good chance of winning six-man of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. For the same reasons I chose Powell, I mean, I watched that Celtics-Raptors series, and he was coming off the bench, so he was with, coming off the bench with Serge Ibaka, but obviously is not there anymore, so I feel like he's going to have a really big role compared to last season and he like you said he had pretty good stats last season as well and on top of that like he's always been a pretty decent player I mean aside from getting rejected by Smart at the very end of the game seven just had to put that out there I mean he's been a very solid player I mean he, he he's been working on issuing he can consistently drive in kick the ball out or score the ball so very decent player the reason why I had a hard time was just because I feel like there's not that many other teams that have a six man anymore I mean Dennis Schroeder that was a possibility but it's kind of hard to see because he was saying that oh I don't want to be uh come off the bench anymore I want to be a starter and then there's guys like Eric Gordon and if he comes off the bench he might have some potential to be a six man but he's kind of getting pretty old and you know he's kind of falling off as well and then I was like maybe Lou Will or Montrez again even though they're on different teams now but you know what I mean so I felt like out of all those guys Norman Powell has the best opportunity to become the sixth man
1: I think a sleeper is going to be Shake Milton uh, Doc Rivers said he's going to use him as like a Lou Williams type six man comes off the bench and scores a bunch of points and usually that's who the sixth man of the year award has gone to it's been players who come off the bench and put up numbers so look for him to definitely be in that discussion as well.
0: Yeah, Shake is is a pretty decent player though. I remember watching him. Um, he had a pretty big role in that first series against the Celtics, where obviously he got swept. But he was a pretty decent shooter and player, so definitely see him as a sleeper. So talking about sleepers, yo, who do you think will be the most improved?
1: Um, I mean the the easy answer is going to be um, the easy answer is going to be Shake Alexander but I, obviously, I don't want to have the same answer as everybody else. So my answer is going to be Christian Wood. Um, Christian Wood was one of the more intriguing players going to free agency this past offseason. He was, uh, and then he ended up signing with the Houston Rockets for three years, $41 million. He only started in 12 games last year, but in those 12 games, he averaged 21.9 points per game, 9.4 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. Uh, now he's, he looks like he's going to be probably a starter in Houston this upcoming year. Um, if Harden gets traded, which it looks like probably will happen, uh, he's going to be a top three or four young asset because I believe currently he's only 24, 25 or 26, and his opportunities and his touches will only grow. So I look for him to have a great year, and I hope so because I picked him up in fantasy, banking on the fact that he will break out this year.
0: Man, I agree with you. Um, I, I'm pretty upset that the Celtics didn't get Christian Wood. If you guys listened to one of our earlier podcasts with the East Coast Browncast. I was really hoping that Christian Wood would sign with the Celtics, but now that he's on the Rockets, he definitely is going to have a lot more touches, in my opinion. So there's a couple of players that I could see being the most improved, but they're second-year players, and typically it's not fair to say second-year players would get most improved just because, like, usually the rookie seasons are not that great. So those two players I had in mind were Kobe White and – what was the other one I completely forgot? <laughs> Kobe White and Michael Porter Jr. Those were the two. And I feel like out of those two, Michael Porter Jr. probably will get the most opportunity, especially because they lost Jeremy Grant, so he can slide right in that four uh, power forward position, get a lot more touches, score the ball a lot more. But I gotta go with Colin Sexton as my most improved player. And a lot of people yeah. sleep on Colin Sexton, man. He, like you'd think that, like without watching any of these games, you'd think that he's not a very efficient player, right? But he's in, he's really efficient. I was taking a look at it some of his. He's a team. good
1: three point shooter.
0: Yeah, exactly. Last year, he averaged 20.8 points per game, very slept on for a second year player, 47% from the field, 38% from three. And that's that's ridiculously good. Like, he shot in his rookie year, I believe he shot like 40% from three. So just looking at him, like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's probably a guy that can't really shoot the ball. He's probably a guy that's not efficient. But for being a rookie guard, uh, two seasons ago, and then being a sophomore guard, those are really good numbers. You know what I mean? Yep. So I guess the only area he really has to improve on is his passing game, which he only averaged like about three assists per game on with a 2.4 turnovers. So he's definitely got to work on his passing game a little bit. And other than that, maybe his defense a little bit, but I can definitely see him improving. I mean, like who does Cleveland even have? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, another guy who I think can definitely be in the running this upcoming year is going to be De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, I saw a lot of people on the timeline saying that John Morant currently is better than De'Aaron Fox. That's just not the case. De'Aaron hasn't beaten in most advanced statistical categories. And this just this past year, De'Aaron Fox averaged 21.1 points per game. Uh, he grabbed, he was at 6.8 assists and almost four rebounds. Uh, his three-point percentage did drop a little bit, but I feel like if he was put in the right system, uh, a system not run by Luke Walton, that he would definitely benefit because he's one of the fastest players in the league um, from one end of the court to another. So I think this upcoming year, he can definitely make that jump. Be like at the very least like a fringe all-star player.
0: Interesting. I don't know, man. I, I like Darren Fox, but I, I don't see him getting that most improved. I mean, he's going to have a breakout season. I feel like he did better in his, um the year before than he did this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
1: I just feel like Luke Walton's not the greatest coach. Yeah,
0: exactly, game. exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, them playing at the beginning of the year, the, one of like the slowest paces in the league when you have one of the fastest guards in the league. Like, it doesn't make a
0: lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yo, all right. What do you think about Defensive Player of the Year?
1: Uh, my Defensive Player of the Year, my prediction is going to be Anthony Davis. Yo,
0: yo, Davis. yo. Okay, I was about to say, if you don't say, if you say Rudy Gobert, I'm going to slap you. <laughs>
1: Uh, now, voter fatigue is going to set in. They're not going to give us a Rudy again. Um, my DPOY this year is going to be Anthony Davis. The Lakers, while they did improve this offseason, they lost a little bit of defense, particularly at the center position. Uh, Gasol is still a great player. He's an amazing passer, and he's underrated a little bit as a defender now because of his advanced age. But that being said, he is a little bit older, so I doubt he's playing a lot of minutes. Montrose Harrell is an upgrade on offense, but he can't guard a traffic cone. He's very bad defensively, and that's going to put a lot more of a burden on Anthony Davis defensively and I think he's up to that task and I think he'll have a defensive player of the year level season so I think he's going to win it
0: interesting yeah no last season I thought that Anthony Davis should have won defensive play of the year over Giannis I don't think Giannis is a good defender at all he's probably the best help side defender in the NBA but when push comes to shove he's not defending the best player on the other opposite team if you remember that playoff series did not defend Jimmy Butler. And that's just one instance. I mean, Giannis, yeah, his his strength comes in his tools and his athleticism, but as a defender, he's not really the best defender. He jumps a lot. And okay, I'm getting sidetracked because I'm just shit talking Giannis. But um let me get back to Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like like last year didn't he have something like two and a half blocks per game. That's insane. He's in my opinion, I think he's he's the best overall big in the league because of
1: his ability to not only Defend the rim at an elite level, but he can also play great defense on the perimeter if he gets put onto like a, a forward or a or a guard. Like last year in the playoffs when he defended Jimmy Butler, I thought he did a pretty good job. Jimmy Butler really had to settle mm-hmm. a lot at the time. Like he's a – I think he's going to take it this year.
0: Uh, yeah, that's interesting, but I feel bad for him, man. Why? Because he's going to have to go against a generational talent on the defensive end. Marcus smart. I'm just saying – Hear me out, man. Sure. This year, Smart every single year has improved. And I believe he's like 26 now, which makes him at the very beginning of his of his potential, of his what's that word I'm looking for? Before he reaches greatness, before basically he's at the beginning of his prime right now. And we all know Smart has improved tremendously on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, he's been great as well. So I do think he does have room to improve and I think that he should have been in the conversation for defensive player of the year last year and this year I think he's going to take that leap because now he's going to have to play and make up for Kemba Walker. He's going to have to be guarding all positions one to five as he always has and if I think a guard is going to win the defensive player of the year not including Ben Simmons it's going to be Marcus Smart. And He's just been a great defensive player ever since he's entered the league. And I think this year he's going to finally make that stride.
1: I think I think last year it should have been Ben Simmons. Uh, he can defend one through four at level and defend five. so a pretty solid level. Uh, every single night, for the most part, he took the toughest assignment, being at Kawhi, being at like LeBron, uh, the best offensive guards and opposing teams. Last year I thought Ben Simmons should have won it. He's definitely going to be in there as well for the running, uh, a sleeper guy I have for the defensive player of the year is going to be O.G. I I think hell no. he's going to have a great year. Uh, hell
0: no. Why not? Bro, I, man, what the hell has he done on defense, bro? I, I watched this dude. He's okay. He's a decent player. Like, I don't think he's defensive player of the year yet. Like, he doesn't have that talent level on the defensive end yet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no. no. I mean, I, I think that with the Raptors losing some of their center depth, um, they are definitely going to have to. Uh, he's definitely going to have to make the leap for them to for them to continue to be competitive. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be a that's definitely going to be a, a reason for him to do so.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just don't see him competing with Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart, Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? That's fair. All right, yo. one guy I would have had him there, but he's injured. Is Jonathan Isaac? Oof, that guy's great, man.
1: Yeah. Man, I, I wish Jonathan Isaac hadn't gotten hurt. He's such a good defensive player. He's, he's really good. I really like. I wish he didn't get hurt.
0: Yeah, same, man. All right. Who do you think is going to win the MVP? This is a big one. The MVP this
1: year is difficult. Um, the no-brainer pick is Luka Doncic. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes without saying that he's going to be one of the heavy favorites. Uh, last year, he was only his second season in the NBA, and he was already all-NBA first team. And the Mavs are the Mavs were the 17th in the playoffs. He averaged um, and in that playoff series against the Clippers, I was 100% wrong. Um, I thought he would put up great numbers but struggle with efficiency. He only really struggled in two games with efficiency. The rest of the game, he was really giving it to the, the Clippers. Um, he averaged 31 points per game, 9.9 rebounds, and 8.7 assists in those six games. Uh, in Game Four, the game everybody's seen the highlight of him hitting the step back three over Reggie Jackson. I still don't know why why doc rivers was telling them to switch and got reggie jackson who can't defend anyone either switched on to Luka Doncic. in that game he had 43 points 17 rebounds and 13 assists um this year in terms of like improving i think he can i mean he put up great points uh, a great stat line last season in the regular season uh that i think will jump slightly but i think he can become a more efficient three-point shooter and a better free throw shooter I think he's a better three point shooter than the percentages show because he takes a lot of very difficult shots, like a lot of step back threes and a lot of like contested shots as well. Free throw shooting I think you can also get better at. Um what, um, what, what do you think? Who do you think is gonna win it this year?
0: Man, I had Luca as well. It's like you said, it's pretty much a no brainer. Like you got uh Prazingis is hurt and with that, like, Luka's going to have to carry his team. And that's something he's totally capable of doing. Like, he, to me, reminds me of LeBron more than any other player does, just because he can have the ball in his hand. He can play off ball. They're both not the best shooters and free throw shooters out there, but they'll still make plays, you know what I mean? So for that reason, I do have Luca. But to kind of, like, not – for for the sake of argument, I one player that I do see topping him is – None other than Paul George, man. And this is going to oh, sound man. wild, bro. <laughs> bro, this is going to sound wild, man. But, yo, remember when Paul George was a top five MVP player? Top
1: three.
0: Top three, exactly. I, Man, I think this is going to be year, man. I really do. And I really hope the best for him. Paul George is one of those players that, like, he's probably the most human player out of all the players in the NBA. Like, he's been shot on, meaning, like, game winners have been shot on him the most. <laughs> bro he's choked the most he's missed the most shots in crucial times he's he's just done a lot of things like that but that's the thing that's a human aspect and that's something i think that he can overcome like a lot of the game it comes to him naturally, but a lot of those things that go over him, it's all emotional. It's all things that, like, it's human nature to, you know, like he's he's not Kawhi, he's not like a robot where like everything that he does is gonna go in or everything that he does is gonna be good for the team. But this year, man, I feel like he's gonna come in with some strong energy. I don't know, man.
1: No, see, I mean, I obviously hope that Paul George has a great upcoming season. Uh, we know what, as a Clippers fan, we know what Kawhi is gonna give us, uh, but he's a much bigger question mark see the problem with him last season is he didn't have a bad season he was just in and out of the lineup a lot because of injuries and he only played 29 minutes a game in those 29 minutes he averaged 21 and a half points uh, almost six rebounds and almost four assists and the biggest uh, one of the things that people slept on last year is he shot 41 percent from three on almost eight attempts which is which is an elite level of three-point shooting. If you look at his per 36 minutes from last year, um, they're very close to his MVP, uh, his third-place MVP finish season in terms of just comparing those stats. Um, I mean, I would hope that's the case, and I hope he can continue it on into the playoffs. But just as a, as a fan, I got to see it to believe it first. One guy mm-hmm. who I have as a sleeper this upcoming year um, is Damian Lillard. Um, I think the Blazers improved their roster particularly their starting five. Um, Robert Covington is a pretty good defensive player. He's slightly overrated, but he's still really good. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, a healthy year from him. He's, um, I think he's underrated. I think he's pretty solid as well. Um, another, um, they also got, sorry, one second. I, I think they'll finish somewhere from the range from three to five, or maybe if they do overperform and finish at like possibly one or two, Dave is going to be a huge part of that, and I think he can have a very strong case for the MVP. What do you think?
0: Man, that's a good point. Um, I did have Damon Lillard somewhere in my mind when I was thinking about MVP Uh, for the same, pretty much the same reasons you explained why. I can see Tatum being in the same situation. Like, if he's able to carry. Mm Uh, the Celtics to a first seed over the Bucks that would just be insane because we all know how good of a regular season team the Bucks are. So, if Tatum's able to average like close to 30 points per game, um, he's probably going to average seven to eight rebounds a game. And then if he averages maybe even five assists per game, I think that's MVP level numbers, especially from like a what's his third or fourth year in the league. I don't even know, but I, I do see some potential coming from Tatum to be one of the MVP front runners um a lot of the other front runners from previous seasons are getting older now like Westbrook okay he's not nowhere near MVP level anymore um LeBron's getting older Anthony Davis has LeBron on his team so it's kind of hard for two great players to become an MVP um let's just say something goes wrong with Luka hopefully not um that's just another way for Tatum to become one of the front runners for MVP.
1: No that's definitely a good point considering that Mark um Sorry, Kemba Walker is going to be out to start the year. So he's definitely going to have to take on a bigger offensive load to keep them not only in the mix in the playoffs, because I think they're always going to be, going to be a playoff team, but to keep them up in that upper tier of the, of the Eastern Conference. So that's definitely a pick. Another guy who I think is a sleeper pick, I don't even think he's a sleeper. I think Nikola Jokic has a good chance as well. Um, they lost Jeremy Grant, who's, pretty, who's a pretty big loss um, defensively, particularly I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is that great of a defender. They're hoping for a big leap from him. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, and they hope that Jamal Murray can, I wouldn't say continue the hot streak he was on in the bubble because that's unsustainable. He put up amazing numbers for the most part, but at least be somewhere in that ballpark and a consistent player. Because up till now, Jamal Murray has never even averaged 20 points per game in the regular season. I don't believe he has. Um, but they've they've lost a little bit. They added Jamal Green, but he's more of a he's more of a big man who can play the uh, the four than like I'm sorry he's more of a big man that can play the five than a wing who plays the four so if he's um if Nikola Jokic can really keep the Nuggets up in that because I think they'll up in that upper tier because I think they'll finish like somewhere from one to three in the in the Western Conference I think he could definitely make a case for it as well
0: yeah no that's a pretty fair point um speaking of which what do you think or who do you think which team is gonna win the championship this year
1: Um, I mean, right now it's hard to really uh, give a solid prediction because we haven't seen any teams play yet. Um, But just because we're, for the most part, giving our predictions based on the teams that we see on paper. And right now I think it's difficult to bet against the Lakers. Um, They still have the best player in the world, LeBron, and then they have the best big man in the world, Anthony Davis. So those two guys are formidable. and You just saw them win win the championship last year. They got better offensively, and one of their main problems last year was when LeBron would get off the floor. Uh, particularly in the regular season when rondo was struggling um, their offense would would become very stagnant and the offense would suffer dennis schroeder last year finished second in sixth man and Montres Arrow finished first winning the sixth man of the year award um, i think they'll both definitely help keep the offense at the very least um, they'll keep the, the they'll keep the offense level they won't they won't be able to stop anybody but at the same time they'll be able to score against people so I definitely right now my pick would be the Lakers
0: to win the championship. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, man. Um, so, all right, so we all know Montrez is not the best defender. Um, we all know another one of their pickups, Marcus All. He's getting pretty old uh, in that Celtics series, and that he played with the uh, against them as a Raptor, dude. He performed so bad, and I'm not gonna lie. I feel like he shot so many threes and missed so many of them. I don't even remember if he hit one of the his uh, shot attempts so I feel like he's not going to be able to keep up and it's just going to hurt his team and I don't see the Lakers playing him that much and Montrez is just going to be a big defensive liability unless he somehow improves his game Dennis Schroeder is apparently going to be a starter so we'll have to see I do like the pickup of Wes Matthews but the biggest thing I got against the Lakers is why they extended Kyle man that dude is terrible man and I just, I don't know, man, something about that Lakers team. Yeah, it's a great team, but I don't know if they'll be able to go for another run. They had a lot of advantages and I'm not going to say like, oh, their championship didn't come because it was in the bubble, but they had a lot of things going for them in the bubble. The Clippers were knocked out. They had a pretty, pretty easy path to the finalists. Like Lillard got hurt. Um, they did steal one game. Um, I can't remember who they played in the second round. Who did they play in the second round?
1: They played the, the pocket Rockets.
0: Yeah, exactly. The small ball rockets, pretty easy for their lineup. It was like kryptonite for them. Uh, then they played a Denver team which was probably exhausted, and then they versus the Heat team. So, I like, like I said, I don't want to discredit their championship, but I don't know if they'll get the same path to the championship they had this year. With that being said, they're gonna have to stand against one team, and I think this team has the best shot at getting a championship that's the Clippers. The reason why. Dude, I know, I know you're the biggest Clippers fan, so you should be pretty happy if I'm saying it. Um, the reason why is like I kind of like the moves that they did. They were able to kind of get rid of Shamit and bring a similar player, Luke Kennard. And speaking of Kennard, did you just see the news that just happened right now about him?
1: Yeah, um, Luke Kennard has agreed to a contract extension with the Clippers, four-year, years, 64 million, reported by Woj. Um, look, Luke Kennard. I think he's a he's a he's underrated. He was playing in Detroit and nobody really watched Detroit. His only issue is he's in, he's very, I shouldn't say injury prone, but he has knee issues. So if he can stay healthy, I definitely think he's an upgrade over Shamit because he's kind of further along in his development than Shamit is. Uh, he's kind of what the Clippers wanted Shamit to be last year in terms of like ball handling and playmaking. But Shamit just, he's not that kind of player at the very least, at least not yet. So it's um it's a risky extension, considering his injury history, but if he can stay healthy um I think he'll be at the very least slightly not worth it, but I think he can be worth it one thing that um and I should and this is just speculation obviously, but if Lou Kennard can fill in that six man role and take some of the playmaking burden from that uh, that second unit as well as take some of the scoring load, I wouldn't be surprised to see the team if they move on from Lou Williams because neither him or, Lou, uh, or Luke Kennard are good defenders and you can't really have like a bunch of bad defenders on the bench, which the Clippers kind of do currently. Their only good defender on their bench right now is like pizza the Zubats. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but what do you think about the Kennard extension?
0: I mean, it's whatever. I feel like he got overpaid, but the Clippers are going to try to do what the Clippers are doing. They're going to try to win this championship this year and possibly the next year as well. So, I mean, it's okay move from their part, I guess. Um, but I, going back to the reason why I think they're going to win the championship, all right, let's match them up against the Lakers. The Clippers low-key have a bunch of players that can kind of go toe-to-toe against LeBron at the defensive end. We've seen flashes of Patrick Beverly doing that to locking up LeBron. I'm not going to say he's going to do that every single possession, but he can go – here and there and kind of irritate him, get LeBron a few turnovers, get him a charge or anything like that. But then we've got obviously Kawhi Leonard that can actually lock up LeBron. Paul George is a really good defender as well. And let's say for Anthony Davis, we've got Sergi Ibaka. Um, He's probably going to get kind of destroyed by Anthony Davis, but who isn't, you know what I mean? And then now you've got uh, Marcus Morris, who can pretty much defend anywhere from the small forward to the power forward position and batum batum's not a bad player as well so i definitely do see the clippers like being a good threat against the uh, the lakers and i do see them being outmatching any other team in terms of talent so and once again like i said paul george is going to have an mvp season this year it's a personal prediction put that down in paper i'm gonna see him get the finals mvp as well
1: we got we got we got the we got the receipts now you're going to say it but, see, man, and I don't mean to make this like a whole Clippers podcast. See, last year, the thought of the Clippers being a fully optimized team was what scared people the most. But we only saw that for, like, 10 or 11 games. And that was right before the shutdown. Um, they were, they were, um, I believe, 10 and 1 over that stretch. And the only game that they did lose was to the Lakers. Um, in that game, Marcus Morris shot, like, 0 for 10 from the field. And Luke Williams was, like, 1 for 10 or something like that. Something crazy. Um but, yeah, they, we only saw, like, a fully optimized version of them for that short span of time, and that's one of the reasons I don't want to put expectations as high for them. I, I Me personally as a fan, I want to see it to believe it before I make any predictions because, I mean, last year in the bubble, Doc Rivers shit, shit himself shit all over himself as a coach, and then the whole Clippers roster shit all over themselves in game seven. So it's just me as a fan, I want to see it before I can make any predictions, but, hey, you can. It's nice that you said that for
0: sure. (laughs) Hey, man, I got you. And I'm not even trying to be sympathetic or whatever. I really do believe in this team. Um, You know, it's kind of hard to put together a team in one season and expect them to be championships. I mean, uh, champions. I mean, the Raptors did it, which was really impressive. But we all know that. And, again, I don't want to kind of discredit them from their championship. But we all know that the Warriors that they versed were uh, injured. So, Going back to my point, I mean now That's, they have one I mean, year. The Raptors
1: the Raptors had a lot of continuity. They only really added one or two pieces before that. Like most of those guys had been there for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. they just had to add Kawhi, who just fit right into their system. Yeah.
0: Was and they brought base. in uh they brought in Green to complement yeah. um Kawhi right. as well. So
1: and I mean I have my gripes with Danny Green. He's inconsistent, but he can play solid defense and he's a, he's a winning player. He makes winning plays. Mm, I,
0: totally. You can say that one more time. Definitely There's underrated player my, play in my books. <laughs> all right, but um yeah, so that's one more season they have in the books to kind of work with each other. And at no point, I don't think they've ever been fully healthy, all the entire team all together. So they definitely have a longer regular season, um, or not as long as always, but you know, they definitely have a long regular season to play together and work out things. I do see them improving, and like you said, they brought in a better coach or a different coach. So we'll see how we'll have to see how that does. Speaking of that, opening night, man, Lakers and Clippers, bro. Who do you got?
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lakers. Um, I mean, uh, you you've heard my reasoning. I think currently the Lakers are the best team on paper, and the Clippers, uh, even in the preseason, uh, they kind of they looked a little sluggish and they didn't really run. Everything as well as you thought they would have their sets and their, their plays. That one of the reasons for that is last year Doc Rivers didn't run a system. He just read fucking ISO and he didn't implement anything. Which I mean just goes to show he's an overrated coach. Um, so I think the first couple of games for the Clippers. Not to mention the, to start the season they have a pretty difficult schedule. All things considered, um, so I think I think tomorrow the Lakers will win uh, the first game. Mm.
0: Interesting. I had the Clippers winning and for all the reasons I said that they were going to be champions it just it just goes with that. I think that the matchups are going to be in the Clippers favor and I just think that they're a better overall team even though the Lakers are a great team. So all right man you have your opinion I have mine. We'll see tomorrow we'll find out. So what do you think about this Warriors and Nets game tomorrow?
1: Um, It's tough to pick against the Nets particularly versus the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to be uh, in the lower half of the Western Conference playoff bracket. As compared to the Nets, I think they'll be in the, the upper half of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket. Um, I'm pretty sure Draymond Green won't play in game one versus the uh, versus the Nets. Uh, and that's one of their two average to above average defenders because James Wiseman is still a huge question mark um, in their starting lineup. So I think, I think the Nets are going to take that one. But if yeah. the Warriors can... If the Warriors can play the style that I think they should this year, which is running in transition and being a transition team, which I think Steph is fully able to do, even though he's 32, he's, he's like, he's one of the best, not only off ball players who's in constant motion, but he can, he just creates a lot of opportunities for everyone else, which, uh, which is, it can't be understated. Gravity is a very overused term for him, but that doesn't make it any less true. Um, that's why I think when people said that Damian Lillard is close to the shooter or the player that Steph is, I, I find that ridiculous. I think Damian Lillard only ever won one playoff game versus the Warriors in his career. Um, and when he's off the ball, he doesn't pose nearly the threat that Steph does. So uh, my bad, I don't mean to keep rambling, but I'm going to give it to the Nets tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. Um, one dude I forgot for the MVP front runner is Steph Curry, but I mean, there's a lot of ifs and what's with um Steph Curry, but we'll have to see how he does. Unless he scores like 40 or 50 points and carries his team, I have to say the Nets will take this game on pretty easily.
1: Yeah, and see, I, I wanna put Steph in the in the MVP race as well, because I think he'll have the numbers. I just don't know if he'll win enough games.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I think we should call it for this podcast. I am sure. gonna say I ain't gonna say anything, but Man, we're, we'll have to see tomorrow, man. Maybe we'll have to set up a bet after this to see who's gonna win between the Lakers and Clippers.
1: Hey, man, I would I would hope for the I would love for the Clippers to prove me wrong and start off the season strong and with a win over the Lakers. But as as it currently stands, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one to the Lakers. I think they more than earned the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, man, I'm super excited. Season starting tomorrow. One of the shortest off seasons. Uh, might not be great for the players, but hey, it's it's great for us fans who get to watch.